Hey guys, welcome back to But Why Should I Care? This is Ellie Huff and Deanna Huff. Today we're going to be talking about love and what love is. And we're not necessarily talking about, you know, the different types of love. You've got all those different um, Greek and, and Hebrew terms that clarify what love is. But we're not necessarily talking about that today. We're going to be talking about the love that is seen in our culture and how Christians should present the Christ-like love. So uh, just to start it off, what made us think of this was our um, our culture and what we're seeing um, kind of daily over social media and through conversations that we've been having and that uh, we've heard other people been having just about what love truly should look like and, and does look like in our culture. So this idea that um, acceptance is is true love is a misconstrued idea of what true love is. It's kind of underwhelming, I think, just accepting everyone and not truly loving. Uh, so there's a, a big difference between tolerance and love and this idea of acceptance, you know. There's so much more to love than just tolerating someone, you know. If you, mm -hmm. if you tolerate your friend, you don't truly love them. You're just allowing them to coexist with you. Yeah, yeah. that's a great way of saying that. So, um, and this has just been a, a problem with my college community, I think, and probably many, many more since I happen to be on a Christian Baptist um, campus. Uh, there's a lot more acceptance of um, Christianity and Christian values, but I still see this uh, dissonance between my friends that have different beliefs than I do um, on what Christian love should look like. And uh, I, will I would just respond with, Usually just because I'm a philosophy major, I find truth, beauty, and goodness to be like the most important things, those all reflecting God, those all coming from God, um, or not reflecting, they are his being. But uh, I respond by saying the best kind of love is truth, and the best kind of love is goodness, the best kind of love is beauty, the best kind of love is, um, yeah. So that's God. So we're seeking this idea of God is love and trying to reflect what we see in the scriptures um, but that's kind of an intangible. So having this conversation is so crucial. And so what, what would you say? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that we see this really abstract ideas yes. in, in the church and the way that we say things to one another. So for example, we might say, oh, you should love your neighbors yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and we think we believe that to be true. And we know that to be true. We know that to be right and good. But at the same time, we don't necessarily agree upon the practicality of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we, when you were talking about we misconstrue the idea of love in our culture and our society mm -hmm. by embracing everything. Yes. And that means that sometimes people are endorsing behaviors that actually is not very loving to endorse right, because right. it's not going to flourish our society as a whole yes. in goodness mm -hmm. and it's not going to flourish their particular journey and so how do we kind of work through the ideas of that and, and and we're seeing this in music we see this in entertainment we see this it's all around us and so when we see these ideas that are conflicting biblically but we want to demonstrate 
a caring attitude toward people, Mm -hmm. sometimes we just take on ideas and we don't realize, wait a second, Mm -hmm. we're really not loving the person when we're not speaking truth into their life. And then we get caught into an entanglement because now we're speaking truth all the time, but we're not allowing God making the transformation in people. We're trying to transform them. And I think, so we kind of have to work through that. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Right. So we're, we're trying to um, give both truth and love at the same time, which is, which is like, we can do that. Like it's very, it's, it's a different type of apologetic. I think I fear that the new, um, apologetic idea of Christianity is just be like be firm in what you believe in and like tell people when they're wrong but there that that is true you should know what you believe and why you believe it so that you are capable of having those hard conversations but that shouldn't be like the I in my personal experience hasn't been the um best form in which I've gotten to like portray the gospel but you just have to meet people where they are and truly um be able to ask good questions and Socratically move them through um, these true beliefs and why they're mo- the most logically sound and all these things. So truth can be delivered in love as long as your motive is not, if, as long as your motive is right. So um, some Christians, I kind of fell into this earlier in my like experience with sharing the gospel just to be like, well, I know the truth and this is why. And what do you have to say about it? Instead of like, <laughs> oh, like, why do you believe that? And do more of like a listening aspect so that I can guide them through the questions that they truly have instead of like, well, this is the truth. Live with it or die with it. You know, yeah. it's just like uh, we have to share the truth and um, meet people where they are and just listen and things like that. Yeah. And I want to pick up on that idea that you just mentioned there about apologetics, because I do think that, you know, we are in a society where we have to know what we believe and why we believe and and sharing love in a society being able to do that you do mm-hmm. have to ha- you do have to have some of the ability to be able to communicate yes. in conversation yes. and and you were right when you said you know when you first begin to study and i think some of us i know i did as well fall into the entrapment of well i want to be able to give a ready defense right. so that you know i can take down their argument but really, the idea is so much bigger than that. It's mm-hmm. really about the person. And I think Sean McDowell makes a great statement in his book, Chasing Love. He says this. He says, we don't speak truth to sound smart, to right. win an argument, or to silence people. Rather, we speak truth because truth is what brings freedom. Yes. And That's that freedom is, is in Christ. And I, and I, I think we miss that. When we're talking about love in a society, mm-hmm. when we're, when we're, we have to ask the question, what is love? And we're going to mm-hmm. do that here in just a second. But right. when we're talking about society and we're talking about love, really what we're talking about is that that person is, is freed from bondage mm-hmm. and, and has a, a, a freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the message that we should be giving as the church to society. And we all know that in the Bible it does say that followers of Christ will be will be hated and will be um, put up against like the hardest times. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for our the general public to perceive us as loving. Like we should strive for that to be the perception. And yes, we are broken people, and that is also important for you know unbelievers to know because they're not getting into this special club where we like 
know what's happening or something like yeah. we're we're we understand more how depraved we are because we understand um the perfection of god and everything so um it's both it's everything's about balances like we have to have truth and love we have to have both an understanding of we're striving to be perfect but we're not necessarily perfectible like the Rousseau versus calvin ideas and and we are suffering through this but also experiencing joy and like it's just a, a inevitable like imbalance of things and we're trying to put those um into the balance that would look like Christ's like image so that we can portray ourselves as a loving people yeah and i think so often the pendulum goes from one side to the yes. other yeah and, and and much of the time what you see in one generation you'll see people who are embracing grace almost to the point of a license to sin mm -hmm. and then the very next generation oh, yes. embraces obedience almost to the point of legalism, legalism. Yeah. and so how do we really get to a point of balance? And really, the only way we're going to do that is when we focus in on who Christ is and yeah. allow Him to make the transformation. And, you know, we're, we're going mm -hmm. to be off balance in places. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we should strive, like you're saying, for the perfected holiness. But the truth is, is that we are going to fall short at right. times. And so when we fall short, we need to correct that. Yeah. And we need to make that right. I also think it's important to like have those open um, conversations in the church about these imbalances or just being aware that like we are depraved, but we are also striving to be like Christ and like how we can like reason with like that because it's the best thing like in, in philosophy um, one of the philosophers, um, I don't remember her name, but she talked about goals and why they should both be achievable, but also challenging. And it's like, how do we have this like restless, like unsettling goal of like unattainability to be like Christ, but also strive for it every day. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that like the Holy Spirit can give you peace in and everything. And like, that's what the church is to come around you and do and have that community pushing you there. But it's it's a good conversation to have because we have to talk about how we're both broken, but also how we're striving to be better, I guess you could say. Not the best, because that would be like perfectibility, which we'll have when we die and are um, in harmony with God. And I think, yeah, and I think one of the things too that's so important and what I'm very grateful to the Lord between you and I mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I get to work around students right. and so I get to ask them questions. Mm -hmm. And so me being older and you being in the younger generation, I, I think one of the things that we miss in learning about love is appreciating both generations and, <laughs> and, and having the hard conversations. Yes. I mean, yeah. you and I both yes. know that we've had some yes. robust, if, if you, you will, will. Yeah. <laughs> That's valid. Uh, conversations yeah. so that you can make me better. And yes. I, what, what do I always say? The student has become the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah, you say that sometimes. <laughs> and, that's true. Um, and, and truly, because I see that God is doing a great work in you, but I also see how you're super respectful to me. And so you are willing to listen to, to this end of things. And I think maybe we might miss that a little bit in our culture today. Would you agree yeah, or disagree? I, 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 would, I would agree with that, the whole respect factor. I think that... Um, it's really hard to look at that. There's a very um, sensitive culture that we have today. And that's that isn't always a bad thing because that means that people are going to try and like 
um, be more aware of what they're saying to each other, right? Which is a good thing. But also it, it, it comes with the um, inevitable consequence of <laughs> like everyone's always offended no matter what you say. So it's like um, everyone thinks that each and every one of them is against each other, you know? So there's there's no like there might be every now and again where we come together and like riot together or something <laughs> but like everyone's still kind of like I'm not sure if you're on my team or not and I'm just gonna assume you're not so I'm just gonna be offended by everything you say and like it's not wrong to be offended but like if you are offended you should go to that person and be like this offended me why did you say that have a conversation that's how things should go it shouldn't be I was offended now I'm gonna you know write you off on social media and I'm going to um you know hate you as a person because that's how that's what it feels like in culture that's why it's so like it used to be I feel like the fear factor of sharing the gospel for like oh I'm gonna be embarrassed you know I think now it's like I literally don't want to be canceled in my professional life if I share the gospel and that's such an interesting shift I think that Mm -hmm. we've seen but Mm -hmm. that's the kind of culture I see so like no I do not think there is much respect in the town square if you will yeah um regarding the gospel or any other topic ever right now mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone thinks they're against each other and and this is where you're seeing the love uh the the coldness of love you're yeah. you're there there's no appreciation mm-hmm. for anyone who is anything except someone who is like me right. and, and and that's really the wrong goal we ought to have i mean if we are not striving for the idea of sharing the gospel and sharing love so that God can can be known, then we're going to fall short every time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to lose sight of what's really, really at the heart of, of this journey, mm-hmm. right? Right. One of the things that I want to mention is that, you know, sometimes we have a difficult time loving people who are different than us because we think oh well maybe they're in this particular sin or that particular sin or Mm -hmm. you know and 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 we make it so big but we forget the idea of Romans 5 8 where it states that Christ loved us while we were sinners and that is so hard for me to wrap my mind around I think right Wow. I mean, he knew even that after he sealed me with the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that there were going to be days that I was either going to doubt or maybe that I get angry or maybe I hurt someone or, you know, offend someone. And yet he still loved me. And Mm -hmm. I think if we could, when we see that, it's that Christ says, he who has forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we recognize how much we have been forgiven, then we can look out in a society and we can see, you know what, they look really different from me Mm -hmm. or they act really different from me, but I can still love them. I can show respect to them. I can show them value Mm -hmm. and and show them who they are in Christ and, and receive them and let God, Christ, make the judgment. Right. Right. We can just speak the truth, sow seeds, plant seeds and and love people. And and now I'm not saying this is always easy Mm because it's not always easy to love me. And I'm amazed (laughs) at the fact that, you know, Christ has done that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, I do want to bring up something. So I don't think we've talked about this before. So this will be interesting. Um, (laughs) Raw material here. Um, So the amount of people that I've gotten to talk to. 
um, on my campus about the uh, LGBTQ community, if you will. Um, the question I get is usually they're coming to me and asking like, you know, I'm experiencing, you know, this or whatever. Um, what do you think the Bible says in regards to this? Because like, I love God, but I also am experiencing this like attraction, if you will. And I just say, well, like, let's look at the Bible and the like the English words we have, we have here before us because, you know, the Bible is, has no errors, it's inerrant. But um, there always tends to be the question of, well, actually what I've read is that this could, this word um, for, or this phrase for man being with man or homosexuality doesn't actually mean homosexuality or being a man and a man. It means pedophilia. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's always the question. And I, I, you know, I look at them and I say the, the Bible is inerrant and I'm like, this is what I know. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to go with. Um, this is a good question to ask. You should ask this question. Go ask people that are scholars. Go ask people that, um, you know, pray about it, continue to interpret scripture with scripture. Um, and you see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So there's no like discrepancy of new covenant and old covenant. So anyways, all that to say, I usually just end with, this is what I logically think is the most sound mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can pursue sanctification and that's going to help you to find the right answer. Mm -hmm. Is that, how, what do you think about that? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, the spirit, you can almost like hope that the spirit invokes this idea in you. And so you kind of just like go with it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so this is an argument that's been out uh, the past few years because mm -hmm. what they've done is with a New Testament passage, 1 Corinthians, they have taken this passage and they've said a particular word doesn't actually mean homosexual and the homosexual word didn't come out until the 1800s, right. uh, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's true. But the problem with that is that the context of the entirety of the Old Testament and the New Testament in all the other passages, mm -hmm. and I think it's a springboard attempt even in that passage, right. but in all the other passages do give clear direction okay. of what marriage is. And if you look at the passage of Romans one okay. and God gave them over right. and, and it's speaking of the homosexual lifestyle. So when you look at those passages, I think you get a very clear idea that homosexuality okay. actually is wrong. So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing is that, I, I don't think that the goal is to transform someone out of homosexuality. I think the goal is for them to come to know Christ. And as they read right. his word, yes, that's what I was then saying, yeah. they will be transformed internally. And that will change their external actions. The more they grow in love with Christ, the more they understand and know his word. But the problem is, is that we have a society of, of pastors and teachers who have begun to teach according to their own ways. And you see this in the Old Testament. Every yes. man was doing what was right in his own eyes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where they're teaching what they want to teach instead mm -hmm. of what it actually says. Yes. Okay. And that's the importance of teaching with both truth and love is mm -hmm. you need both truth and love. Yeah. So you need to be teaching as, as far as you know is the truth. Be seeking um, the Holy Spirit's guidance on that. And then also, like, I fear that we get into, um, like, religious conversations or 
theological conversations and we expect for the other person to just be like against us you know yes. and we're like always on guard mm-hmm. like well I've got this in my back pocket so gotcha when it's really like they're really like most people are coming to you with questions if you appear as though you have an understanding of what the Bible is and you are living in a way that you're confident in it and you're receiving joy and in the sorrow you can see hope like people are going to see that and be like well I want that too um but like I live this way is that would be inconsistent with what you believe. How do I reason with that? And people mm-hmm. are coming to you just asking questions. Just be the person that lovingly sits down with them, puts aside whatever they're doing, you know, and just talks to them, helps answer questions, exposes this humble idea of like, we don't know all the answers either, but like we know where we're going and san- what sanctification looks like. And we can like pursue that together, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say this too, mm-hmm. is that sometimes You know, when you're hearing conversations about love, people think that we've uh, checked accountability at the door or we've become a doormat or we've become, you know, all these things. But if you read in the scriptures about love and Mm -hmm. there's a plethora of them, you can go and you can look on your own. I mean, you've got you can go to first Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, you know, not boastful. All all those types of things. We love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. 1 John 4.19, you can go through, this could be a study or an activity that you do this year and just say, what does it look like to love? Mm -hmm. And then read through the Gospels. Take a little check mark and and note all the places and responses that Jesus had to sinners Mm -hmm. and to the prideful. And they were all loving. He rebuked the proud and then he gave grace to the humble. And so... When you look at at all of those things, you do want to give accountability because that is loving. Right. You do want to correct because that is loving. Right. Also receiving and listening and being patient, Mm -hmm. allowing God to transform people, that is also very loving. There's a big, um, like, emphasis on your motive when you're sharing the gospel in these, like, conversations. You just want to make sure that your intention is to show the love of Christ and not elevate yourself with the knowledge that you have, which is really yes. hard for me because I, I mean, we all have a pride issue, but I have a pride issue um, because I love talking about what I know and I want to know why I believe it. So I enjoy that. Um, but well, there's, there's a good there's a good verse to that. Knowledge puffs right. up, but yes. love builds up. Beautiful. And there there's yes. a difference between the two, and we want to push people. Yes. And I don't mean push because that would be offensive. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You know, there's just a negative connotation towards push, like like the other person is being forced or something. Exactly. We want to encourage. <laughs> encourage. Like First Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another daily, oh, just okay. as, you are, as, as you are already doing. Yes. So, yeah. so, but why should we care um, about love? Well, our culture and our church, um, they both need love. We both, we need to express love in the church to build up. We need to express love in culture in order to... Um, express the love of Christ in in the right ways and um, this negative connotation that we're seeing on the church it's sort of inevitable but we should be um, striving to um, show truth and both love or both truth and love in order to deliver the correct message and produce the correct witness so as long as we're pursuing Christ building each other up and encouraging each other in the church um, the abstract versus the concrete ideas of love or tangible ideas of love, they are hard to um, sort of 
make practical, but with, um, you know, your study of the word and uh, the process of sanctification occurring, uh, we can make these judgment calls because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Did you say that yeah, that's a good way to say that? Absolutely. How we absolutely. make them practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we can see the practicality. I mean, Jesus yes. says what? He who lays down his life for his brother, mm-hmm. this is love, right? Yeah. There's he a lay, lot of he, instances in the Bible laid, that we can look back to. That's very true. Yeah, he laid down his life for us right. to demonstrate love. And mm-hmm. he, you even see that in, in WandaVision, right? Yes, I, I could go off about it right now. I probably shouldn't. But if you watch the last episode, I won't like spoil Spoiler it for you. Alert. But just look out for all of those um, nuances or motifs that are quite literally the gospel. If you see it, you see it. If you don't, <laughs> try and see it. <laughs> we'll write a blog yeah, over yeah, it or something. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, if you love people, you will meet them where they are and care more about their eternal welfare. Apologetics should look like a conversation. If it's anything else, then you are presumably throwing your pearls before swine, or you should um, make sure you're guided by the Holy Spirit and not by your uh, prideful um, ego, if you will. Um, so these are <laughs> Which really we important can all things. fall short of. Yes, so just make sure that you're, like, and I've said this before, the more you study heaven and hell, the more you're going to want to share the gospel with people. And that's, that's very true. The more you learn about God, the more you learn about the inevitable end for those who don't believe in God, uh, the more you'll be pushed to uh, share the gospel with others. And that's truly love. If you love someone so much that you are, you know, breaking down their door and trying to pull them out of the punishment, you know, the punishment, the bondage. What's the, what's that, yeah, you know, snatch, snatch them from the fire. Okay. Yes. What, what is that? We'll end it on this. What is the, um, pen, uh, quote Julian Penn, I think is who it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, Penn Gillette. That's who it is. That's yeah, who yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And the quote, it, okay. It's like, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. The atheists who think people shouldn't proselytize and who say, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. How much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that i mean if i believed beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you there is a certain point where i tack where i tackle you and this is more important than that so what is love god is love hope this one made you think <laughs>